0: Blob
1: Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Live from the Bayou, presented to you by your neighbors and friends at Igor 2133 St. Charles Avenue in uptown New Orleans. I'm Brian Hancock. Normally, Stacey is here with me, but somehow Twitter has suspended us. Uh, and I have no other way to get, get in touch with. But we are going to be talking some basketball tonight, college basketball tonight. And we'll be, and I am joined by Tony Piccilli. And Tony, how are you doing this evening?
0: I'm good, Ryan. How are you, man? I'm all
1: right. I'm doing fine. I mean, I'm I'm doing very well. And uh, let's just say I'm not. I don't hate LSU basketball. Around at this time last year, I was ready for the season to be over.
0: Well, they're definitely headed in the right direction. I'm not sure they're going to slide into the NCAA tournament. I think they're going to come up a little bit short, but definitely headed in the right direction. Will Wade did a really good job with this year's team, but the recruiting is just really impressive. He's got a great class coming in next year, so they should have a really good team next year and be dangerous in the SEC. Well, we are. Uh,
1: that's uh, well. Here's the thing we're uh, talking to college basketball, and uh, first and foremost. The Big Ten, uh, the Big Ten tournament started today, and Nebraska, which was a bubble team, lost to Michigan. And according yeah. to the bracket matrix, uh, uh, Nebraska is the first four out. They're in the first four out, along with Nebraska, uh, along with Marquette, Washington, and UCLA. Uh, one of the things I did say is they they Had they did they had two women. The first one is that they lost their first game in the Big Ten tournament, and they also lost to Northwestern uh, earlier uh, in February. So that being said, to me, I don't think this is a team that should get to the that should go to the NCAA tournament. Would you agree Uh with that?
0: I completely agree with you, Ryan. You know, they had a very nice season, but when you just break down their resume, they just didn't beat anybody of note. They had a nice win over Michigan at home earlier this season, I think, I believe in January. But other than that, it's pretty much empty. They had a really good strength of schedule, but they didn't take advantage of, you know, their opportunities. They only only had six wins over teams with winning records. So I think they had 21 or 22 wins on the season, and only six of those were against teams with winning records, as I said. Yeah. So I just can't see them getting in. You never know. Um, you know, they do have a nice record, per se. They won 13 games in conference. But I just don't think they have the the, the type of resume that you should consider for the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Not at all. The
1: thing about it is that when you look at – you, you know, it used to be back in the day – 20 wins meant you went to the NCAA tournament, right. and nowadays it's not even like that because when you win 20 games, a lot of teams have won 20 games, you know, in recent memory, and missed out on the NCAA tournament and been in the NIT. Um, for example, uh, Butler back in 2002 won 26 games and got placed in the big in the in the in the NIT. You've had teams like South Carolina back in 2016. They won 24 games. They went to the they went to the NIT. And I think for a lot of those teams that are like, oh, we won 22, 23 games, they think, oh yeah, we're gonna get to the NCAA tournament, and then they get to the NIT and they just play very lethargically. They, you know, they just play like they don't want to be there. And I've seen yeah, that you know, numerous times.
0: It's funny, right? It's funny you said that, Ryan, because I, I actually tweeted this out today. The NIT is really an interesting tournament kind of I was thinking about it because you have you have certain teams that are motivated, you know, mid majors that that want to show that they're they belong in the NCAA tournament. So they have motivation. but then you have these other teams who just miss out on the NCAA tournament and they're not really motivated. I think Indiana was a great example from last year. They played Georgia Tech, and I remember watching that game, and you could just tell that they didn't want to be there. You know, they wanted to be home, and they, they were done with it, and they showed it with the way they played. So you can win 20 games all you want, but you've got to beat somebody along the way. You know, they have this new quadrant system, and the quadrant, the, the, the thing is, you got to have quadrants on wins to, to get on your resume, and, and Nebraska just didn't have that
1: no, they didn't, and and, and they didn't, and, and they didn't. Now, the next interesting team, which would be, is Alabama. Does Alabama get in? Because we look at Alabama, and Alabama, according to the, uh, uh according to bracket matrix, um, Alabama is now in the. They're now on the 11 line, along with Middle Tennessee, right. Kansas State, Providence, and Louisville. What do they need to do to stay out of that last four in?
0: I think if they beat Uh, Texas A&M tomorrow and they win their first game in the SEC tournament, I think they're clearly safe. But if they lose tomorrow, and there's going to be a lot of pressure in round one in the SEC tournament. So if they lose their last two, I think they're done. I think if they can split – their their last two they'll be okay, but they're just going to sneak in by the skin of their teeth. I mean, they're probably going to be possibly in one of those playing games.
1: Yes, I, I I think they'll probably play against Middle Tennessee, or Providence, or or, or uh, Kansas State one or Louisville, at, at for the right. most part. And now, now speaking of Louisville and uh, speaking of Louisville, um. What do they need to do to stay in the tournament? Oh, I
0: think they need to make a a considerable run in the ACC tournament. They had a huge opportunity last night and completely blew it. I don't know how that even happened, losing, you know, with a four-point lead with one second left. They lose at home to Virginia. That would have really propelled them, you know, into the discussion. But they just don't have the wins either. I mean, they have two wins over Virginia Tech and a win over Florida State, and that's pretty much it. I think they're going to have to win at least two, maybe even three games in the in the ACC tournament to to be considered as an at large, in my opinion. And, and I'm looking at the
1: uh, in, at the uh, NITology, which is the New York CityBuckets.com, and they're not in they're uh, they're not in they're not on the bubble. Uh, according, you know, this is a, this was updated on February 25th, so yeah. this could have this could easily have changed. But I think Louisville will we'll safely get in. I I think I mean I think honestly, as long as they don't lose their first game in the NCAA in the uh, ACC tournament, they should get in. Yeah. To the.
0: I could so, see it because you know you have to remember they have a you know brands matter in the NCAA tournament. I know a lot of people like to think that doesn't isn't the case, but they're they're still Louisville. They have a great strength of schedule. They they did win I think double digit games in the ACC if I'm if I'm not correct. I think I'm correct. Um and they do have a couple wins, so I wouldn't be shocked if they sneak in. I don't think they're an NCAA tournament team just by watching them and, and their overall resume, but I it wouldn't shock me, I agree. Really
1: but David, who gets that job, at Louisiana, in your opinion? Because it's going to be very interesting. There's no athletic director. Right. You don't have a, a a permanent athletic director. You know, you you
0: know, know I think had it. It. I don't think he's going to get the job. I think he's done an admirable job this year for everything that's gone on. I think they're at 19 wins, which is which is is, is a nice story. I just don't think he did enough. To, to warrant keeping the job long-term. I would probably say at the top of my list would be Chris Mack at Xavier. Um, that's who I would go after. You never know. Bud Williams is another guy I keep thinking about. There's, there's a handful of guys you could look at, but I, I think Chris Mack is going to be the number one guy on their list, if you had to ask me right now.
1: We are going shift over to the AAC and shift over to my hometown team, uh, my hometown Mississippi. Tigers. What in God's name happened last
0: night, in your opinion? Uh, you know, it, it was so disappointing because I actually think Memphis has been a pretty nice story this year. You know, they, they were expected to really struggle, and, and they've won quite a few games in conference, and they've been very competitive, and, and they have a couple of nice wins this year. They're not an NCAA tournament team, but still a lot better than I thought. I don't know. I mean, you got to be really, uh, you know, unfocused to to lose to a team like South Florida. Now, Brandon, you know they're missing their best player, Jeremiah Martin, out for the year. You know the, the season's coming to an end. They're probably a little less focused than they were earlier this season, maybe. But yeah, that's not a good look at all. Not not a great way to end the season. Absolutely. Do you think Teddy Smith comes back in
1: 2018, 2019?
0: Do I think Tubby Smith comes back, did you say?
1: Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm asking.
0: Do you think he comes back? Yeah. I I think he did enough to keep his job for at least one more year. Like I said, they were picked to finish pretty low in, in conference. I think they're at 17 or 18 wins. Possibly could make the NIT, in my opinion. So I think he's done enough, especially after losing so much production uh, from the last few years. And, you know, they didn't really have a lot on this roster, and he did a pretty good job, in my opinion.
1: Now we shift over, and we move over to uh, we move over to um, another coaching. Another, uh, really, in your opinion, who do you think what what teams do you see um, opening? Because uh, it's, it's positions opening. Uh, I, I do have. Um, well, Ole Miss, I predict that was going to happen, but do you think Kitts? Will be another team that uh, that opens.
0: You know, that's a really tough question because the buyout for Kevin Stallings is so big. Um, so I'm not sure if they're going to keep him around or not. Um, my guess would be he's not going anywhere yet. Uh, maybe after next year, if they struggle, they just don't have any type of big time talent coming in. So I don't see anything changing. I just think it's more going to be about money and if they want to, uh, you know, go ahead and. And have to pay that that money out to him, so I, I think it's more of a financial thing other than a, than a basketball thing. Uh, I would say Old Miss is the other job that that's kind of interesting to me. I, I think a guy that you have to look at down there is Steve Forbes at East Tennessee State. He's done an absolutely tremendous job this year um, with, with that program in the last few years. So I, I think that definitely you got to keep an eye on that. And uh, but I, I don't I think Stallings is going to stick around for a little bit more
1: what where other teams do you see making coaching changes? Um, Washington State is one I see happening.
0: But yeah, that's a so hard do. job. It, it is. It is. I mean, they haven't had any success really since Tony Bennett was there quite a uh, few years ago. It's not an easy place to recruit, per se. Washington State isn't really looked at as it. really even a football or a uh, basketball school. Washington seems to get most of the recruits up there, uh, especially now that Mike Hopkins isn't, isn't even in the mix. And me, Lorenzo Romar was, was a great recruiter, if you don't think he was a good coach. So and that's going to be a tough job. Um, I, I think you're probably going to not get a, a big name up there. You're probably going to have to go mid-major level up-and-coming coach, but I don't think Ernie Kent... Ernie Kent's been there for a few years, really no production at all, really no progress, so he might as well start over uh, now and why wait.
1: What about in the SEC, besides uh, I mean, do you think Texas A&M makes a change? As much as no, Agri fans want to, want that to happen, they think that Philly Kennedy needs to go.
0: You know, it's funny. I, I completely agree with you. I get a lot of grief from Texas A&M fans about him. Uh, I think overall, he's done a pretty good job. I mean, last year they struggled, but, you know, they were in the Sweet 16 the year before. This team has been disappointing. I, I can't deny that. But, I mean, you got to look. They, they've had a lot of injuries. they um, had a few suspensions. Uh, you know, they're going to still be in the NCAA tournament. They're going to probably be a six or seven seed, I would say, depending on what they do in the SEC tournament. I, I just can't see a school getting rid of a guy when, when they're possibly going to win 20 games be in the NCAA tournament ever that large. Yeah, I-, I don't think so. I think he's going to stick around. But I know that they're not happy. But I-, I don't know how you can't be. I mean, not a lot of this stuff I don't think this is just Yeah. What
1: about Minnesota and Richard Pitino? Do you think... Minnesota makes the change.
0: No, I don't. I, I think he's going to get one more year, but that next year is going to be big. It's going to be—he's going to be on the hot seat all year long. There's going to be a lot of pressure. He's in that same type of situation. You know, you lose Reggie Lynch, uh, you lose Eric Curry in the preseason to a torn ACL. Reggie Lynch gets picked off the team. Amir Coffey's out for the year. It's kind of nothing has gone right. It, it, I kind of compare them to Northwestern, where just nothing went right for them this year so i think that that school will give him an extra year for next year to turn things around
1: what mid major uh uh tournaments are you looking forward to this weekend i I know the uh the missouri valley is is going on right now uh as well as i think the ohio valley is where well. but which other mid major uh uh teams uh team, I mean mid major uh, tournaments you're looking forward to this year. I mean I'm
0: I am i am actually looking to, uh for for oh, to this weekend, uh I'd have to really look but I think one that I really, really want to watch is the Sun Belt. Uh Louisiana Lafayette, Georgia State, Georgia you Southern. Next There's weekend, so many season. Yeah, yeah, that's that's next weekend here feminine. in New Orleans. Yeah, and uh, you have you know, you have a U T Arlington team that's really kinda disappointed this year, so they can turn things around with an, with an with a, uh, auto bed. Louisiana Lafayette's one of the best teams in the country on the mid-major level this year. I think they've only lost one game since December. They've been really impressive. Mm-hmm. Georgia State Georgia State has a star in DeMarvin Simon, so there's so, there's a lot of good storylines. I'm definitely looking forward to that tournament, for sure. Well, uh, well Tony, as
1: always, and uh, we're going to end this episode real quick, um, where can we find you at on Twitter, and where can we find you at uh, in and around the internet?
0: Yeah, well, my 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 handle on Twitter is at College Hoop News. Again, my name's Tony Patelis. Um You can also check out my my podcast. It's on YouTube. Just Google College Hoop News podcast, um, and all the episodes are right up there on my on, on my YouTube channel. I have some great interviews with assistant coaches. I have a lot of great bands on, so definitely check that out. All
1: right, well thank you so much, Tony, and guys we'll see you down the road on Live from the Bayou. And we hope to have you hope that you yeah, thank you so much, Tony. We'll see you down the road, folks. And good night.